welcome in to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. It is Monday, October 4th. Guys, it was a good, good, good weekend, especially for our alma mater, the Bearcats, getting a big win over the Irish. That's right, that's right. Feels good. Number five in the country, highest in the Coach Vic era. Yeah, no, it was exciting. I was not shocked to see. I was just like, they should have won by more. Sure, in, in my opinion. But there you go. Well, that voice to my right—that's the guy who puts the aged in a barrel-aged porter. It's Zach. How's it going, old man? <laughs> yeah, it's going good. Was that like three-year difference? Not even. Uh, no, a little bit more than three years. A little bit more. Okay. A little bit more. Okay. Than three yeah. Years, yeah. That so, three years matters a lot, though. Well, look at that, yeah. But <laughs> your father now, the the hair's starting to turn gray, you know. George Clooney, baby. George <laughs> Clooney it up. Then to my left is the guy that puts the bitter in the extra special bitter, especially about that red season that just wrapped up. Uh, no playoffs this year. Sorry, Josh, but it was a fun little wah, ride for a wah, while. Wah. Man, I'm already having a rough Monday, and I hadn't thought about that all day. Thanks. Thanks. Now I'm real up for the show. Hey, that's I bring that energy. It could have been worse. I could have done a wee heavy. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, my name is Greg. I'm the one that puts the I in the IPA because everyone knows there's no I in team except in the a hole. So you're Indian. <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Want to go down that road? No, no I'd, I'd, I'd honestly rather not. He's very you. pale, but I don't think he's yeah. had a time to get a base Where going are you this from? season. <laughs> very, from the Caucasus region. Very much the uh, the Eastern European and Irish skin complexion. So, but guys, we have a lot to talk about, including the Irish, the Bearcats' big win over the Irish. Uh, talking some playoffs. Playoffs. Some uh, playoffs after the game. We're also. Um, you know, we're responsible on this show. We we go back and we check what we've done. We're all about accountability. We're accountable. Oh, oh, okay. We're not like the other sports oh, yeah, shows yeah, yeah. who don't with, hold themselves our, accountable with their wild takes. Okay. With our picks. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. the hell are you guys talking we're about? We're getting held responsible. So we'll go back to our uh, early season baseball predictions and see how right I was and how horribly right was there uh, Was there not a bet involved on that? No, you're thinking of something else. Uh, yeah, you're, think thinking so. of, you're thinking of a football thing. I believe. Uh, I have that jotted down on. Why did we make a bet? I have that jotted down on a different napkin. So let me find <laughs> it somewhere. And... Well, guys, let's get into it. And then also, we've got a very interesting beer, something kind of unlike anything that we've had before. Uh, we're going in on to some weird ledges right now with our beer. We had the Bahama Mama Milkshake IPA. That was delicious. Earlier. That was so good yeah. last week. If you haven't listened to that episode, that was. In our, in our top shelf of yeah, beers. definitely. This one, I don't think... I don't know about you guys. I've never had this style of beer, so... No, and I'm nervous. I'm not going to... I've heard it, of this style no, of beer being It only a looks kind of like a beer, so I'm really interested to see how it tastes. But guys, first, let's get to some headlines. Down goes Rudy. The Bearcats were victorious Saturday in what has been called the biggest win in program history with a 24-13 win in South Bend versus Notre Dame. This win was UC's first ever top 10 road win and was thanks to a stout defensive performance. They forced three turnovers and a solid air game led by Alec Pierce who had 144 
yards in the air from Desmond Ritter. The Bearcats now sit number five in the AP poll with a number three, number four matchup next weekend and chances to gain ground, but they will have to take care of business first Temple on Friday night. Staying in the top 10, the Buckeyes rose four spots back to number seven after dismantling Rutgers 52-13 in Piscataway Saturday afternoon. A healthier C.J. Stroud seemed to find his footing throwing for 330 yards and five touchdowns, two of which to Chris Olave in a game that was really out of hand after the first quarter. The Buckeyes welcome a Maryland team to Columbus next weekend that's fresh off a seven turnover game. So some some potential for that defense to feast. Uh, Thursday night started off NFL week four in Cincinnati with the Bengals overcoming a 14 to nothing halftime deficit to beat the Jags on a last second field goal. Uh, the offense was stagnant early and the Bengals were in danger of falling behind three touchdowns going into the break, but a fourth and goal uh, goal line stop of Trevor Lawrence kept the game 14-0 at the break and sparked the Bengals to score on all four of their second half drives to get the 24-21 comeback win behind 348 yards and two touchdowns from Joe Burrow. On Sunday, the Browns fell behind early, giving up a first drive touchdown to the Vikings, but the defense stepped up after that, allowing zero points for the last 52-plus minutes of the game. The offense was certainly not running in top gear, with Baker only throwing for 155 yards, but 169 yards from Chubb and Hunt and 14 points were enough to get it done, 14-7 Browns. And finally, this weekend wrapped up the regular season for Major League Baseball and the seasons for both Ohio teams who failed to reach the postseason. The Reds got a 6-3 win over Pittsburgh to finish 83-79, but Ultimately, we'll remember this season as what could have been with the team finishing just 12 and 17 in September and October and dropping out of the wild card race to the Red Hot Cardinals. Cleveland got the win versus the Rangers 6 to nothing in what was their final game as the Indians before the shift to the Guardians next season for an 80 and 82 finish to this season. Now both teams shift into the offseason as we wonder what directions both teams will go into a big offseason for both. Guys, those are your OH headlines. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. For our beer of the week, we are going to the center of Ohio, Columbus, Ohio, and Wild Ohio Brewing. This is Wild Ohio's gluten-free peach tea beer. Now, for those unfamiliar with Wild Ohio, um, they make beer without barley or malt. So it's made from tea leaves, uh, sugars, and fruit juices. So this is their peach tea beer um, from Wild Ohio. Not your normal, you know, lager or anything. It is a tea beer. So very interested to try this uh this concoction it's kind of got a light it's it's lighter than even what you would think of a lager it's almost like a seltzer chardonnay color not your normal uh not your normal any any kind of beer i think this is uh this is different <laughs> it is different. different it is different uh doesn't really have a beer taste at all which i guess isn't shocking considering you know they don't use hops and 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've never, I've never tried this style of beer before. I'm not a huge tea person either, no. but so I was, yeah. I'm not sure what I'm expecting here, but uh, it's definitely got it, it, a lot it, of flavor to it. It does, yeah. the 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 peach is strong. Um, I think that's what's catching me off guard right now. Is like, like you said, no barley or anything like that. So yeah, I think like, it's almost like you almost get like a tea bag flavor at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, it, yep. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, kind of transitions into the tea flavor at the end. Um, Definitely has a wine feel to it as well. Some of those, uh, some of those breweries are kind of producing some of those like, I don't know what, what you almost call them, like almost wine brewed, you yeah. know, beers. We we're talking yeah. about that kind of have the, the, the Chardonnays that are not the same thing as a barley wine, which is just a very no, heavy no. beer, but a a kind of yeah, like that wine that a, a, a brewery's wine, where it still has that kind of beer background. Yeah, to it, but it has that taste. Um, I'll admit, at first it was a little bit of a shock to the system. Uh, Second viewing, second tasting, like it more. Third yeah, tasting, I'm like used it. To it now. I like it. It has a good flavor. So yeah, it's a peach. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember Fruitworks. Yeah, guys remember yep. remember those? Yeah, they always had they had a peach one that I used to drink all the time. Very much reminds me of that. Very very strong peach taste flavor, kind of sweet. Yeah, I, I think the the real thing about this beer is you got to give it a couple sips because you, I think we all went in. Drinking a beer and expecting beer, and this is even though we knew it wasn't. Gonna yeah, be yeah. Right. We knew, we yeah. Knew you that. Just, it's such a shock to the system if you've never had something like this, and it is definitely for those that like to be adventurous and try the different stuff. Oh yeah, like, this is definitely something I've I've not had something like this. Um, so I think it's cool that Wild Ohio kind of does these kind of things, and it's eight percent too. Yeah, and that. That's another thing. That I'm, kind of I'm a is, big, I'm a big fan of that. I'm yeah. a big fan of the the eight percent. They, they said on their website that a lot of people seem to be a big fan of that. And this <laughs> is one of their top sellers for that reason. But I, it's gluten free, made without barley or malt, made with tea, yeah. peach. It's just a it's just a big shock to the system. I, I will say there, oh, yeah. there was a short time where I had to go on like a gluten free diet for a little bit, and you you find out pretty quickly that there's I mean, obviously, there's not a whole lot of gluten-free options. So if you're looking for a gluten-free option, this is, I mean, definitely no gluten in here. It does not taste <laughs> yeah. quite like your regular beers, but it's certainly a solid alternative that way, you know. I mean, it's still a little bit heavier, but it's not one of those things where you have to drink wine and, you know, catch up. It's definitely got a different flavor than a wine, too. Especially, I mean, if you like, yeah. if you like one of the flavors, like I, you know, I enjoy peach. And you enjoy that kind of tea flavor, then I think it's really good. But it's it's certainly one of those that takes you two or three sips to be like, oh, oh that's not that's not regular beer, right? right. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of try and figure out what it is because you're like, it's it, it it really is in the middle of wine and beer. I think it's got kind of those mm -hmm. wine notes that you'd find, but then it's got the feel of a beer. Yeah. So it's it's definitely I think as far as like what they what they're setting out to do here I think they they hit it out of the park. Mm -hmm. um, definitely. And if you're looking to adventurous stuff or if you like the fruity gluten free stuff, this is this is the beer for you. Yeah, and it uh, the their brewery is uh, just south of kind of downtown, even a little bit south of like German Village and Marion Village. Uh, there's the what is it the the Frank Refugee Expressway like that exit just south of the city you get off there and then it's just north on uh, on north high street so right near uh, columbus if you're on your way up especially from the southwest side um wild ohio's up there and they're in a ton of um 
a ton of stores. I've started seeing, I, I picked them up a little bit out of the city, but now I've been seeing them around quite a few places. So definitely starting to make their mark around Ohio. For our first segment of the show, we're talking a little bit of college football, peering into that crystal ball, taking a look at the end of the season. Two Ohio teams in the top seven, the Bearcats at number five, the Buckeyes at number seven. What are the chances we get, you know, the Bearcats playing in some uh, in some playoff games, the Buckeyes returning to the playoffs, or hey, maybe... Two Ohio teams in the playoffs. What are the chances? Um, I, I'd say let's start with maybe the more straightforward one, Zach. Yeah. The Buckeyes, what do they need to do to yep. make it to the playoff? Is it just one out? It is just one out. Yeah, of course. I mean, they have a loaded schedule, potentially, the way it's looking. I mean, you're assuming if everybody else kind of maintains. Am I maintaining? You know, if they maintain... Um, <laughs> Sorry, that passed over me for a sec. That's good. <laughs> um, you know, you got Penn State, potentially Michigan State, Michigan, and probably Iowa. Um, yeah, I mean, that winning out, you, you would have four ranked teams right there that they would knock off. So Yeah, right now you have three of the top 11. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if you include Oregon, you know, they they will have played four of the top 11, mm-hmm. potentially a fifth in Iowa. So they would have the the wins, and I think you're right, especially with the way things are falling, a one-loss Big Ten champion. I mean, I think the committee is going to, I think, again, SEC is like, we've kind of had this debate, what's better, depth or, you know, the best team. I think the SEC is the two best teams right now. There's no doubt about that, but I think it's a pretty big drop-off after that. I think the Big Ten has the most depth, top to bottom, of any conference and yeah so i definitely think no matter what they're going to take the big 10 champion unless there's some crazy chaos here where they just yeah i was gonna say like a two loss yeah i was gonna say if you get if you get a two loss champion then there may be some questions coming up but i think a one loss champion especially if they have like a a solid loss like an oregon loss is you know what i mean it's not like early season yeah yeah it's not like a you know ohio state loses to rutgers or something you know what i mean no no. you're not putting iowa in if they went out but lose the championship game. But that's their but that's, I mean, I that's think, their only loss. I are you? I well, I thought we were gonna kinda get into some of that yeah. in a little bit, but I mean I think you can make it depends yeah. on what happens. I think that could be possible. You, you wouldn't put them over the Ohio State team that would beat them. No, and no. I think that, that, and it would have to be but close. Saying, it would go, have to be close. Two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. Oh no, I don't think they'll put four teams from two conferences. I don't think that happens. I think you would be looking at a situation for that where I think the next conference to get two teams would be the Big Ten if that scenario played out and assuming maybe Georgia stumbles and loses again to Bama. Yeah. In the SEC championship game, they have a two loss. No champion. I don't think they get in. I think that kind of transitions to to the Cincinnati side of things, of what Cincinnati would have to do. And, I mean, obviously they would have to win out. Mm -hmm. And maybe a little bit of style points too. They can't. They can't. Uh, yeah, they can't be uh, kicking yeah. field goals at the end of the game. Yeah, they can't win. be winning. It's got to be. Games, yeah. I think it's got to be double digit. They got to win ten or more every game. I think. I think that's clear to me. <laughs> but uh, you know, taking a look at them, I think my first thought was uh, 
you know, two uh, or at least one of these three things kind of has to happen. Because I think we're mostly in agreement that, uh, you know, the Pac-12 is out now with <laughs> Oregon. Probably. Unless Oregon really, like, embarrasses teams all the way through I mean, the I, end of the I year. Think, <clears throat> I think the ACC's out. And then I, I was going to say, I think ACC, also the ACC is out. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah they done for sure. Uh, yeah, the ACC is out. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't... I was being trying to be nice, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think the only the only undefeated ACC team that you have right now is, uh, and I believe the highest ranked ACC team, because you don't include Notre Dame in that, well, no. is uh, Wake Forest at 5 and Yeah, baby. The only two ranked ACC teams you have are Wake Forest and uh, NC State. Yeah, I mean, it's just a conference that we've all known has been trash, that Clemson just propped up on their own, and now we all get to see what a garbage, you know, dumpster fire it is, and I love it. Um, you know, you can make the argument to me, you know, the the Big 12 could be left out again. They do it all yeah. the time. If or if Oklahoma stumbles at some point, and I think they're 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 so they're so close. They're asking, they're asking for a loss. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think. It could get ugly down there. Um, I mean, I think they have Cincinnati thus far has done everything that they've been asked to do. I think they got to, they they have to win out. They need Notre, Notre Dame because Indiana. I, I guess when the, the better isn't quite carrying no, that no. weight right now. Um, and that's the other thing. Like if Notre Dame continues, which like they you, are perfectly the ripe to do. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame doesn't have anything more impressive to play. Um, on their schedule. But I think that's such a weird year where, I mean, you're looking at Alabama and Georgia are clear. Then you've got, a, you know, you're going to have an Iowa Penn state matchup this weekend. One of them's going to get knocked down. Um, Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's ripe to lose. That'd be huge for Steve Sarkeesian um, to knock off Oklahoma, get started on the right foot. That's a big game. I mean, since I could easily be in the top four come yeah. next week, now, again, AP, we don't know what's in the voters' minds, you know, the actual playoff. Um, I mean, I'm looking here. I mean, what, you got Oklahoma State. I mean, the top 10 is, I mean, otherwise they got BYU breathing down their neck as far as non-Power 5 teams. Yeah, but BYU, I don't 10. think. But BYU uh, doesn't have the. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah. the schedule. No. So, look, if there's going to be a year that they can get put in, it's definitely this year. If they don't put Cincinnati in, assuming they take care of business, go the way there's a little bit more chaos that it's honestly questionable that Cincinnati doesn't get in, then they're just never going to put a team in. Yeah. And yeah. That's quite clear. And here's, here's the thing is that I think that's where you're, you're going towards that this year because if things continue the way they do. I think that's – I can see the committee getting exposed here because if they weren't to put them in – I mean, you, obviously you have Alabama-Georgia – Obviously, Iowa, Penn State at three and four, one of them is going to take a loss next week. Right. I, I, I see no one else past that, really, outside of a Big Ten team in Penn State, Ohio State, or God forbid, a third team. Like, <laughs> I, gosh, the hatred towards the uh, boys in East Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't see is past that who them who you put, especially if Oklahoma loses. Like, and this is yeah, if Oklahoma loses, then outside of Penn State, Ohio State, or God forbid, a third team, who who else has taken that fourth spot but the Bearcats? So then, here's the other question: Say 
you get your Alabama and Georgia, whatever they play, they win. So right. One team from the Big Ten is uh, will show up as the three seed. Then maybe you would have one Big Ten team with kind of an outside chance, but it would really be between a conference championship, Cincinnati or Oklahoma. At that point, Oklahoma would have to probably have another win over... It could be a ranked team. It could not be a ranked team. They're only two games in their conference season, so it could be another. You know, could be another Oklahoma I've, State game. But yeah, at that point, then you kind of worry. But you also have, I think, it comes into a little bit of politics here because you get the SEC guys that want to put in two teams. Oh yeah, that want to well no that want to put in their three teams. They want Oklahoma in, but all the Big Twelve teams. Yeah, uh, well, because yeah. they've replaced Oklahoma in like the playoff committee. Right. With other schools. And I, I think they want to screw you. I mean, they would get the money, though. So then you have that question, too. But I think they try to do the best. I think public perception comes into play. I think they can feel pressure. And I'm thinking this is the first uh, non-Power 5 team that has some backing. People are seriously like, yeah, I think if they went out, they deserve it. That, that can affect them a little bit. And I think and they've taken a lot of hate on... The size, the lack of diversity, the lack of inclusion in That's the playoffs. So I think there could be a lot of again. It's the same. As yeah. We're assuming wins out and wins out in fair enough fashion. Yeah. But um, I, I think it. You know, we're five weeks into the season, and there's already been all this kind of chaos. I mean, there's still some things that got to happen. Like I said, I, Oklahoma's ripe to lose. I mean. And you got a lot of AP voters already obviously putting Cincinnati ahead of Oklahoma. Oklahoma's gonna have a lot more opportunities as far as I don't really know if I say a lot Oklahoma more, but they're gonna have a few Oklahoma more opportunities. Oklahoma hasn't gotten by a game by more than one No, they so look far. terrible against Nebraska. Nebraska almost won Nebraska's god awful. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I think the committee is getting backed into a corner here by the way things are playing out this yeah. year, because you're gonna Oklahoma just like you said earlier, they're begging for a loss. Have not won a game by more than one score thus far. Right. I think you and, still need something to happen so that, in the SEC, though. That's what I'm saying, though. That backs the committee into a corner and where it's like, all right, we're either going to put in three SEC teams or two SEC teams and two Big Ten teams. And how is that going to be perceived? I don't think Big Ten yeah. gets two teams. And, and I think at the end of the day, you know, especially with – and I mean the, the playoffs – Last year weren't too bad. I mean, I guess one of the games was good, but you've gotten a lot of poor 1-4 games. So if you get a chance to put, there's going to be some interest. You know, the ratings for the Georgia-UC game last year were really high. Right. So if you get them in there, then it's either a chance for the G5 guys to say, hey, we can compete, or, hey, we gave them a chance, and then, you know, whatever happened, happens. Well, that's what I'm sick of this. Like, you're, you're you're not good unless you can throttle Alabama talk. Like, oh God. like the Bearcats hung with Georgia last year, and Georgia's a better team than they were last year. Yeah. That now, but it's like most of these teams aren't aren't going to be able to throttle Georgia. So there's a clear one-two dynamic they, they here. Put a team, and then, they put a team at number eight that lost thirty-seven to nothing to Georgia. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, one team took Alabama down to the wire turned around the next week and lost to Kentucky for the first time in decades. <laughs> so there's still a lot of season left to go, and who knows what could happen. Well, I guess that, that kind of covers it. We have Cincinnati, Ohio State, and both. Um, 
I guess we'll leave with, with just one quick prediction because I'll have to put you guys on the spot. I think it's my favorite thing yeah. to do. Percentage that two Ohio teams get into the college football playoff. Zach. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 35%. I was going to go 45%. Okay. Just because I think at most two SEC teams... Again, I think there could be three other Power 5 conferences completely out, in my opinion. Um, I mean, after this week, like, see what happens with Iowa, Penn State, and Ohio State wins out the rest of the way. Greg? I'm going to go 20%. I, oh. I... One... Greg's Ohio, that Ohio State I, hasn't done enough against top competition for me to have full belief in them. How about you watch a goddamn game, Greg? <laughs> I did. I watched the Oregon game. Yeah, <laughs> fuck you. And the Woo! Tulsa game. Hey, that was that was Woo! several weeks ago. It's a long time for eighteen. So, uh, you know, I I think there's a chance, but I the other thing is, you know, it would probably be up more than like. 35, 40%, but there's also that lack of belief in the playoff committee, which kind of cuts it down. So, fair enough. I, I'm, I'll be the pessimist. The big of the group, telling but... will be that, was that first Monday, is that Sunday or Monday, November, when the, uh, yeah. the playoff rankings come out? That'll be telling. November 7th, I believe. That'll pretty much tell UC right there whether they have a shot or not. Yeah. You know, I think if they're out, <laughs> assuming they take care of business, if they are outside the top four. November 2nd, that Tuesday. Unless there's havoc that happens. I, I say they're give, prob- it two, give it two weeks for them after that, because then they'll have, after that following weekend, they'll have yeah. the SMU But game. you know what I'm saying? If, if they're like nine or something crazy, then you're like, yeah. Oh, then no, you're, yeah. Then you're fighting yeah. an uphill bat. If they're not top, I mean, top six. If they're not in that final, like, mm-hmm. um, graphic. Yeah. Then... I don't really see much. Yeah, I'm coming on here in a suit and screaming like Stephen A. If that happens. No, oh, jeez. Love it. Bamboozled. Let us Let astray. Run him After taking a sip of wild Ohio peach wild tea, you'll have a new appreciation for Georgia's favorite fruit. The sweet tea is prepared by fermenting juices of peach with green and black tea. Although peach is light in color, it's not necessarily light in content. At 8% ABV, peach has one of our highest alcohol content, which makes it one of our most popular flavors. I can understand that. I can understand, I can understand that understand as well. As, uh, it doesn't taste like an 8%. You know, like 8% is usually your, your West Coast IPA, maybe yeah. some of your lighter double IPAs. Yeah, you can almost taste a little bit of the alcohol in it yeah yeah that's where that some of that wine characteristic comes out i think yeah so you're like oh oh yeah it's got that yeah got a little bite there then i like it though um you know nice tea for a hot day out in the summer sit by the pool i will say the one thing that tracked me and i guess it's it's in big bold on the back it is a 200 calorie uh, drink, which is a little bit higher than I would have thought because it, it tastes so light. Like everything is so much heavier than you would yeah, think. It looks yeah. light. It tastes light, but yeah, every, yeah, like that's great. Everything is way bigger in this beer than you think it is. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Georgia. Everything's bigger <laughs> well, it's in... It's made in Ohio. I don't think Columbus, they said about Ohio either. Everything's bigger in Ohio. I don't know. But it's definitely, it's definitely got bold flavor to it. I'll give it that. As yeah. far as I know last week... We had the Bahama Mama milkshake IPA, Ooh. and that had a bunch of big flavor to it. This one, 
Ooh, mama. Potent. 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 <laughs> it's very potent. Very. I liked it. It's very good. Again, yeah, if you don't like tea, I don't know. Not that I'm a big tea guy, but if some people hate tea. If you don't like tea, I don't know if that's... I'm not a huge tea guy. The beer for you, but I, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's got a nice flavor. And if uh, 8% isn't enough for you... That's never enough. The Black Cherry Bourbon Barrel Tea oh, Beer. Was that 37%? Black Cherry Bourbon Barrel Tea? A Whew. 9%er. Wow. Wowee. Mm. I bet that... You want some flavor. That's where you I go for some so. flavor. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm going through all of them, and most of them you'll see at least you know, six, seven percent stuff like that. So far, the the lightest beer I've seen out of them is their blueberry, which is six and a half percent. This ain't your twisted tea, folks. <laughs> this ain't your twisted tea. This is wild Ohio brewing. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to Columbus' own Wild Ohio Brewing and their uh, their tea beers. Their uh, what black and green tea beers? We are enjoying their peach flavored tea beer that comes at a whopping eight percent ABV. We shift to talking a little bit of baseball here in our Who You Got Cashier Edition. Cashing out, where we're Not cashing really. out our bets for uh, entertainment purposes only, of course. Not a lot of cashing out to do anyway. Of course. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, before the season, we made our picks. Uh, division winners, wild card, I'm sure. All 100% spot on from us across the board. Definitely. Uh, Trosh, you have some of the results. Trosh. 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 Stop it. <laughs> is that, is that the finish dub yeah. we have? <laughs> all right. Um, get it. Oh my god! Oh my god! Actually, if you can't see this, he pulled out a crumpled napkin out of his pocket and has it written down. I had to take it. quick notes at lunch today. Oh my this god! You don't high. have a goddamn piece of paper. Oh Jesus! This is high-level production work, folks. Yeah, you have no idea the kind of work that went into this. <laughs> None whatsoever. This is a Wendy's napkin, sir. All oh, right, you're gross. <laughs> uh, so uh, we took the pennant winners here, uh, and. These are the odds that at the beginning of the season, a couple of these, you're going to be like, what? And especially Greg's one pick, you're going to be like, what? I don't even know if Greg remembers he made this pick. I certainly don't remember <laughs> what picks I made. We'll start in uh, the American League. Um, I went with uh, plus 350, I believe second best odds, the Chicago White Sox. Do have a chance at that. Mm -hmm. uh, playing Greg's pick. At plus 850. Plus 850. I Greg, thought I had the Rays in there somewhere. Greg, uh, Greggy boy got some uh, some value on this. The Houston Astros. Oh, that's yeah. right. I got the Astros. The Houston Astros. Oh, don't act remember. like you're like a bragger. You didn't remember. <laughs> this uh, is, hey, this is what I get. You, throw you picked the Cleveland Indians. That... So Zach actually had, and this is one of those ones that, mind you, these are odds from beginning of the season. And this is one that will jump out to you because Houston plus 850. Plus 650. Zach's pick to win the AL pennant, the Minnesota Twins. <laughs> oh, no. God damn it. Oh, no. Yeah, the, the one time. Back to that episode, yeah. he liked the Twins. He was big on the Twins. I, I did. I did like the Twins. I think a lot of people did. Obviously, plus 650 is not bad odds. Really shit on my pick of the White Sox in that episode. I did. I just yeah. didn't buy Tony LaRusa fucking. Oh, no. Yeah. 
Tony uh, DUI LaRusso, I didn't think it was going to work. It's worked. I, I'm wrong. I was an idiot. So two or three there in the AL have a chance at winning Damn. this still. Uh, I believe. Oh God, uh, I picked. Yeah. It is It is the White Sox and the Astros yeah. here. Come yeah. Did yeah. I I really pick the Minnesota? I didn't, I, jeez. Yep. Yeah, yep. they had pretty decent odds. They did. They yeah. looked. They looked good on they paper. Were, I think they were behind like the right. It's Sox. typical yeah. of the uh, the Twins, though, man. So uh, now on the NL side, we'll stay with Zach here. On the NL side, I picked Zach the Giants. With the yeah, favorites. I, I picked the Giants. The Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> the Dodgers. The uh, Dodgers. Plus one fifty. The easy favorites there. You're looking good. Well, yeah, get me a quarterback, know, baby. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. Uh, I know. That's going to be tough. I, I'm the loser. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I lost out here. We only went one for three in the NL. Uh, oh, you fucking idiots. I took I took uh, Los Fathers in San Diego. Oh, the pods. One of baseball's biggest That was a sexy pick, season. though. That was a sexy yeah, plus, pick. Yeah, plus 400. And they they just, just don't have any arms. No. No, and who could have seen the Giants coming? Nobody. 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 What were their odds? Do you, what were the Giants I, open, opening odds? Uh, yeah, I meant to pull that up and see what those, that uh, was, but nobody saw that. At least from March 28th via ESPN, the odds for the Giants to win the division playoffs, they were plus 900 to win the to make the playoffs. Oof. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, just I don't know. They were uh, win division, they were so they're probably 40, like 1200 40 to one to win 40. the division. One. Damn, somebody made out, Greg. Did I pick the Cubs, Greg boy? Did you? No, oh, good, would have been a better pick, I think. <laughs> Who did? Oh no! I, I was stunned to hear this pick because, yeah, because I thought we did this as like a who you got. We just did this on on the Mets, the show. He wanted to pick the Mets. You he got, wanted to pick the Mets, and Zach laughed at you really hard. And I, I, was I believe right. this is episode 50, fifty or something like I was, that. I thought you might have picked the Mets. Okay, uh, well, who'd you pick? The Marlins, the Diamondbacks, at plus fifteen hundred. <laughs> and I'll give him credit; he was really digging for the value here. <laughs> at plus fifteen hundred. The Washington Nationals. Oh, <laughs> I thought that. Greggy boy been. picked the Nationals oh, <laughs> to win oh, the man. National League at plus fifteen hundred. I should have picked the Cubs. You should have. Oh, you, you picked them, and we all, we, none of us really disagreed with you that hard. But then you tried to talk yourself into the Mets, <laughs> you and did. we were you like, "Don't do like, that! Don't do that!" I do remember that. You're like, "Well, I don't know." <laughs> um, our who you got that we did do from this episode uh, was who would win more games: the Reds or the team formerly known as the cleveland indians they're still known as claims like october uh and that was actually pretty close yeah Uh, we our fans overwhelmingly went with the reds all three of us went with the reds um but this was actually very close uh the reds only won three more games than cleveland uh and really it comes down to a lot of uh the two series that they had with each other um but yeah, that was overwhelmingly everyone How was pretty high on the Reds that a there. Team in complete rebuild mode. Yeah, well, only I mean, won three less games than the Reds, who were supposed Reds, to compete. Yeah, Indians. Yeah, yeah, and you look at the Reds and the Indians. Both of them coming into the season had between eighty and a half to eighty one and a half at some point early, and they were both right at about that number. Mm-hmm. Indians finishing with seventy nine, Reds with eighty three. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, there's there's so much, I feel like, especially on the NL side, that was hard to predict. Um, especially, I feel like the the NL East, even as we were getting down the stretch, it was just like, 
any yeah. of these teams who are just imploding on each other, I feel like uh, could take this at this trash point, division. And I mean, you look at you look at two of the three division winners were ranked fourth in their division to win. The Brewers were at uh, plus three twenty to win the division. They were third best, and the Giants were actually actually had the same odds per ESPN on March 28th to win the division as the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I think they finished, what, 50 games above the Diamondbacks, roughly? That's, that's crazy. So, I mean, crazy year for some of them. And then, I mean, the Braves opened up uh, plus 140 to win the division, so they were tied with the with the Mets at the top. But I mean, I mean uh, yeah, the Nationals were, were not that far behind, but they, they certainly fell off. So, uh, you know, you win some <laughs> and uh, you take some stabs in the dark. So. I don't know, but I, the Giants, I, I feel like, is still the, the craziest one. And you can find this more on our, our Friday edition where we really break down the season. But the Giants were just a huge shock there. And the Padres imploding the way they did oh, at yeah. the end of the season was just a... Uh, Honestly, hard to watch sometimes. I mean, especially when you got to that uh, moment with uh, Tatis and uh, Machado there uh, yelling on the infield and in the dugout. And it's just that was uh, signing Jake Arietta. There was just a lot of desperation at the end there. They just spend money and f- trade players. They somehow still have a farm system, which is just utterly shocking to me. I mean, all they do is just trade away everybody. Well, they they go through these years where they like sort of go for it, and then they trade away everybody. Oh yeah, but yeah. I mean, I think they're in. It, I mean, for the long haul. And they they've made some savvy trades. Like they got yeah, you know, they got Tatis for big game James. Oh yeah, that was a terrible trade. Was it? But that was the White Sox. Yeah, yeah. Tatis was in the White Sox. <laughs> Could you imagine yeah. that they had the oil? Yep. So a uh, whole lot to talk about. We'll get in more. To our playoff predictions, uh, talking maybe some uh, postseason awards on our Friday show. Once again, two shows, one dropping Tuesday, the other dropping Friday here at 30 Rack of Sports. So far, okay job of predicting the AL for Josh and I. Zach, Ted, Zach, the senior circuit himself. Hey, the twins, man. Everybody was on that bandwagon. Yeah, we everybody was on that. Our listeners, no, no one but you. And then you tried to talk yourself into the Mets. Thank God we talked you off that cliff. (laughs) They could look. (laughs) We'll get to it. Little teaser for Friday. The Nationals could have coming into the season had the MVP and the Cy Young winner, one of which they may have traded away. So, whole lot to get to. Be sure to check out our Friday edition of Thirty Rack Sports. Guys, it's time for What's Brewing in Ohio. And what is brewing in Ohio right now is a lot of fresh hop beers. For those of you that don't know, right now, uh, tis the season for hop harvesting, uh, especially up in the northeast Ohio realms. That's where a lot of the hops in Ohio grow, um, up there towards the Michigan realms. It's hopping up there. Uh, One of the breweries known best in Ohio for their hop uh, features and one that we have had on the show as their classic Citra IPA, Columbus Brewing Company. Uh, and right now, if you're an IPA person, get into Columbus Brewing, obviously in Columbus. 
they have a lot of wet hot beers on right now. You can get them as a flight. And for those of you that don't, don't know what wet hops are, so they're not dry hops. They're not dry hops. No, uh, they are fresh hops that have not been dried essentially. So you've got fresh hops that boom within 24 hours afterwards, boom, they're getting brewed. And there's a lot of those beers out there right now. And they only last, you know, a, they have a very short shelf life. Um, even those that you'll find on draft at places, you'll kind of notice a difference in taste and even color sometimes from the day that they go on to the day that they come off. Um, so if you're going to get out there to enjoy these, I mean, do do it quickly because these are fresh hops coming in right off, getting harvested and going right into beer. So Columbus Brewing, you can get a flight of uh, their recent American Beer Festival Metal Winners Bodie Double IPA and the Creeper Imperial IPA. They've also got the Insane Wanderer Experimental IPA Series. Um, you can get four wet hop beers on a flight right now at Columbus Brewing. Uh, elsewhere, we go to Northeast Ohio where all this is going on, and there's a lot of collaboration going on there. Uh, Unhitched Brewing uh, is a popular brewery in Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Uh, they are sourcing some Cascade hops from Barn Talk, Hop, Barn Talk Hops in Wadsworth. Say that three times fast. Barn Talk Hops in Wadsworth. No, I can't even. I can barely do that once. Um, they're also using... Um, uh, hops from Buckeye Hops Farm. They're also featuring uh, malt from West Branch Malts, and uh, also in Ohio. So there's a lot of stuff. Like I said, that's where a lot of these hops in Ohio are grown. So places like uh, Sandy Springs Brewing Company, uh, Barn Talk, uh, Unhitched Brewing, all those places up there. A lot of hops going on right now. So I know there's a lot of Oktoberfests out there, including uh, Wooly Pig, one of my favorite breweries in Ohio. Uh, this is that was a great beer. This is a traditional end this coming Sunday, the traditional end to most Oktoberfests. But in Wooly Pig, out in Coshocton County, uh, they are just beginning their Oktoberfest and have a lot of traditional German-style beers. They even had some malt imported that's used in traditional German fest beers. So still some Oktoberfests out there that you can try, but that fresh hop stuff, get it now. It's only going to be here for a short time. Guys, that's what's brewing in Ohio. For our final segment of the show, we're bringing back a, a segment that we had a few weeks ago. Got some positive reviews. It's two minutes, two cents, where we each have our two minutes on the clock to give our two cents on what's going on in sports. This one specifically, we're talking about the first quarter of the NFL season. We are aware that there is 17 weeks this year, so it's not quite the first quarter, but uh, it's close enough, four weeks in, starting to get some opinions about some teams. So uh, who wants to go first? Zach, would you like to give us your two minutes and two cents on the first quarter of football? My two minutes and two cents on the first quarter of football <clears throat> focus mostly on a team that we don't cover enough, which is a team who, for two consecutive years failed to advance from the NFC Championship game, but has risen from the ashes like a phoenix after a rough first uh, week one. You know what I'm talking about. The Green Bay Packers looking good. I know they didn't look great against an iffy Steelers team, but I think the San Francisco game was thus far one of the biggest games of the year. And they answered the bell, unlike 
Gray's Cleveland Browns trying to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs week one. We haven't seen it yet. I think Baker Mayfield still waiting. That's my other thought. Is the Baker Mayfield train going to come around Greg? Is Gray going to talk about Baker Mayfield? That's my question. Granted, I'll give Baker Mayfield that. He admitted his play was piss poor. Outside of the Packers and Browns, I'm honestly surprised by the Bengals. Hey Shocker, yeah. I had to throw Josh a little bone there. Shocker, three and ones across the board in the AFC North. And then the Steelers. The Steelers, as you guys are both, I'm sure, happily aware, one and three. Ooh. I think Big Ben, or Bathroom Ben, as we like to call him, might be on his last legs. Big Ben's a bum. Do we get a sign of the drain train? Is Dwayne Haskins time now, or do they go to Mason Rudolph? That's the big question. I believe my one final statement is Ben Rosberg does not make it through the rest of the year. Boom. Book it. Whoa. Book it. it. You're booking, booking it. it. I'm booking it. Wow. Booking it. Wow. I mean, you got some change here, Zach. You I got a I, little bit of change. Yeah, oh, you got, yeah. You, you said got one. Yeah, about 25 yeah, seconds. You got left. about a quarter here. Oh, well, I did. I, I thought that was two you minutes. Anything else on the world? Your life? My life? Uh, the world. Uh, let's get into uh, Iraq and Benghazi real quick while we're on. <laughs> Maybe a little <laughs> Afghanistan pull out. No, no. I don't have anything more. All right. All well, right. Comments? Keep the change. No? Keep the change. Those, those are your two minutes and two cents. All right. Um. Oh. Fancy. I didn't know he had like a real timer on there. All yeah. right. Well, I guess we'll just move around the room. I will give my two minutes now. Do it. All right. First to talk, of course, about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Browns now three and one. But interesting, things have kind of flipped after that first game. Uh, the defense in their first six quarters versus the Chiefs and Tyrod Taylor, uh, 47 points against and allowed points on 8 of 12 offensive drives, not including kneel downs. Um, Their last 10 quarters, only 20 points against, only two touchdowns, and have only given up points on 4 of 26 drives, which is a lot better. Uh, I know it's been against, you know, Davis Mills, some bad quarterbacks, um, Justin Fields in his first start, and Kirk Cousins, who's Kirk Cousins. Offensively, though, offense looked great in their first start, but... Since the 321 yards first Kansas City, Baker has not had over 250 yards in his last three games. Uh, his first two games, he had a completion percentage of 82%. is down to 53% in his last two games and was under 50% versus the Vikings. In the red zone, part of this is play calling. I think part of this is Baker. The Browns have scored touchdowns on 61.5% of their red zone possessions, which is 17th in the NFL. Last year, they were at 73%, which was fourth in the NFL. You try to go for fourth downs on several of these plays, their first drive against the Vikings, two drives against the Bears, not getting it done. Baker missing wide-open receivers. You saw it twice. Uh, Felton and Hunt were both standing up there. He tried to run it. did not work out. Missed Beckham twice wide open. Could have ended the game there on like a third and eight with just about two minutes to go. Beckham wide open. Could not hit him. Last shout-out. Not on the Browns. I want to give a shout-out to Sam Darnold, who has been really good this yeah. year. He's had over 300 yards in three of his four games. To give some perspective on that, had uh, four career with the Jets, 2-18 and and 2-19. and And leads the league in rushing touchdowns. All players with five rushing touchdowns. Nice. So you're saying it is the Jets that are the problem. 
It's at least Adam Gase. It's yeah. at least Adam Gase. No question about that. Once again, this Adam Gase became more the coach. Zero, zero for like twelve last year for uh, three hundred yards. Just three hundred yards. So, uh, Josh, what could you possibly be talking about? I, I feel like we're gonna have a big uh, Broncos rant coming up here. So I'm very excited to hear about this. What's You're close. You're close. Uh, the AFC West, man. Obviously, big game tonight <laughs> as we record. Yeah, man. Uh, Monday night, uh, Raiders and Chargers. So, my my thoughts on this could change by tomorrow morning. But the Raiders, man. Uh, I feel like they every time I've watched them, they they actually look pretty good. They've got some dynamic play calling in there too. Like Gruden's got that team. I don't know. Another another shocker for me. I thought there was no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. I thought there was no way. And the way that organization is, I thought that would not work out well. But 3-0 and to start. Uh, look at that. And Chiefs, 2-2. Two and two, I, I don't know, man. But as far as uh, more local stuff goes, the AFC North, kind of surprising. Uh, as far as not the Steelers. Um, <laughs> that kind of saw that coming. But uh, the Bengals at 3-1 and one are, are pretty big surprise um you know and I, th- I think as far as the Bengals go i'm disappointed in the whole running back thing still i mixon's had some bright spots for sure but now he's he's day-to-day this week with a high ankle sprain and that just feels a little too familiar and you don't really have anything backing him up uh but my biggest surprise for the Bengals is that joe burrow just has not been great at avoiding pressure this year um, he's, I believe over 40% of his pressures have resulted in sacks, the worst in the NFL. Uh, and you can't even really argue with the line that much. Jonah Williams is, I think third or fourth right now in pl- pass protection efficiency. So Burrow, I think is still working through that mental stuff as good as they may look sometimes. I think he's certainly still working through that mental stuff and you got the Packers coming up. And then I know you have the lions, and uh, the Jets on the schedule here in the next couple weeks. But after that, man, there's still things on this team that you really need to iron out, and I think Burrow's mentality is one of them. Last eight games, they play two teams that currently do not have a winning record, the Steelers and the Chiefs. So good luck there. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting season for sure. Um, you know, only uh, less than a quarter of the way through with that seventeenth game, but the AFC North is are we sure not shaking doing out a to be a good bet, one. by the way for this weekend? Oh, you and me? <laughs> yeah, Packers, you and I. The Packers and the Bengals. I suppose we could. Yeah, I, I mean, two, three, and one teams. Unless you're too too afraid. Two, I, three, no, and one I, teams. Uh, are we doing the spread here? No, no, no. no we spread, play, we do straight, straight up. up here. We don't, right. we don't play into that. No. There's no moral victories in the NFL, Josh. There's definitely no moral victories the here way, with the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> yeah. We need to figure out something weird and Christmassy for the. Oh, yeah. We'll I don't, it it can't be a. It, I feel like it's got to be more Christmassy than a 40 bet for Christmas. It yeah. can be just as like painful, but like just more Christmas. Maybe eggnog. I don't know. Oh, yeah, God. I hate eggnog, too. <laughs> if we did that, I'd fucking. I, I don't think it. I've seen the Packers come to Cincinnati since uh, since Favre was with them. Yeah. But it's Brett's true. bubble time now, so. Yeah. Well, let us know big surprises from the NFL season, big disappointments, and maybe leave your comments for a little Christmas matchup. We got a 40 bet this weekend, but uh, Christmas Day. My brownies 
head to Lambo. Any thoughts on a fun little Christmas version of a 40 bet? Send to us at 30 Racket Sports, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If the other two are up. As we wrap up the show, we want to wrap up, as we always do, with our cheers for the show. Uh, first, want to give a shout-out to Columbus's own Wild Ohio Brewing and wow. their gluten-free peach tea beer. Uh, one of the more interesting beers I think we've had. Not yeah. really uh, not really like anything that I've exactly had we, before. We stepped outside of our comfort zone today. Yeah. We took and a big jump. it was worth it, I think, a little bit. You know what? It's one of those... That uh, the more you drink, the more you kind of warm up to. So it's interesting. It's one of those that took me probably 15 minutes to even understand what I was drinking. I, I learned a little bit about myself today. That's all I'm going to say. Hopefully for the better, because it couldn't get much worse. <laughs> uh, we, we also want to shout out, uh, of course, all the listeners of 30 Rack. Thank you so much for listening to another edition. Um, of course, we do have our Tuesday and Friday shows. Friday, we will break down... Uh, baseball, the offseason, give some superlatives, uh, give our thoughts on the offseason for both the Reds and the Tribe slash Guardians as they go through this offseason. So be sure to check out our Friday show of 30 Rack of Sports. Um, Zach, who are yeah. you cheersing on this fine evening? I'm a cheersing old friend of the show, uh, Urban Meyer. He might not win on the field, but he sure as hell wins off the field. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just stupid, okay? <laughs> I told. I like what he said. He's like, I told Trevor that when he goes out to Las Vegas for his bachelor party, you never know. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. <laughs> you know, he's talking about himself. <laughs> I was also going to cheers Aaron Rodgers against Steelers. Had his 500th touchdown. Passing, rushing, including playoffs, yeah, and, then, and, and, and number four twenty as well. Please passing no. during the regular season. <laughs> well, Tomlin will get five passing uh, Dan Marino. So Tomlin and um, Tomlin and Rogers will go to Denver after this. It's okay. Although I fucking hate Denver too, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, Josh, who are you cheering on this fine evening? Um, I'm cheering a uh, little-known athlete. Um, now retired, ventured out into other other things. Talking about in the sports Walker. world. I'm talking about a guy by the name of Michael Jordan. Heard of him? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, NASCAR owner Michael Jordan. Oh, getting the and dub. Bubba Wallace. I did see that. First, uh, first black NASCAR driver since '63 or something to win a race uh, down at Talladega, no less. So uh, where is Talladega? Alabama. Alabama. God, right in the heart of geography. Alabama. I don't know my geology. Unprepared. But uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's pretty cool there. So uh, yeah. good for them. Cheers to them. Shout out to Jordan and Bubba Wallace. Uh, my shout out is going to one Andres Williams, better known as Greedy Williams. Uh, got his first start since 2019. Had that uh, weird shoulder nerve issue that caused him to miss all of last year. But um, got his first start. This year, filling in for the injured Greg Newsom, uh, played a pretty solid game and even had an interception. So shout out to Greedy for getting back on the field. We got uh, two LSU guys now roaming the secondary and him and Grant Delpit. So glad to see some guys getting healthy in that Browns defense. Keep on rolling. Miles, Jadavian, we're, we're, we're rolling forward. So 
shout out to those guys. Um, and once again, shout out to Wild Ohio Brewing and their peach tea beer and all the listeners of 30 Rack of Sports. We will talk to you again on Friday. For Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones and twos. Go Barkouts. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Peace.